Enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Oh, a hunting we will go, and a hunting we will go. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, as the Colossus runs dangerously low on food, Kaz and Tora look to catch the massive Jakusk creature in the last-ditch attempt to feed the pi- the the pirates, the ship's citizens, and sit, sit, the feed the people of the Colossus. Hope can't read. There will be a Jakusk Jakus plot buggles and pirate mom is at peak momness, like just short of like dragging people around by the ears. We're talking about Hunt on Seltzer 3 this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. No one cares, because this week we are jolly. T- <laughs> this, uh, by the way, I'm Hope Onyx. This is my lovely co-podcaster, Chris Honeywell. Hello, Chris. Hi. <laughs> I care. Um, but this week we are joined by the host of Knights of Rind, a fantastic fan artist. And honestly, she's one of our favorite people. She's been on the show before. She's been on Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We love her so much. Welcome back, current reigning champion of this show, Ellie Andrews. <laughs> hello. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me back on, even with my stupid cold voice. I know it sounds weird, but... <laughs> no, it's totally uh, yeah. fine. What yeah. did you do? You've seen Friends, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you, there's an episode where, like, Phoebe's sick and she realizes it gives her a very bluesy voice and you could just be like, this is my bluesy ass <laughs> voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I am very glad to be back. Um, And also, I th- the fact that I have, like, been on, like, the most or close to the most, that's just crazy to me because... That's why you're reigning champion. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm young and new and I feel so inexperienced. Like, you guys have been podcasting since I was, like... Oh, God, I don't even know, like, 13, younger, probably. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, so thank you so much for having me on again to talk about Torah and Resistance, because I love both of them so dearly. <laughs> well, that's a good segue, because I do have a couple questions for you. Um, in case we, in case people haven't heard you before, because Ali was on our Rebel, Star Wars Rebels wrap-up show with Gabby, um, what is, I can't talk tonight, (laughs) Allie has a cold, I have four hours of sleep, and Chris is normal, it's gonna be a great show, guys, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) What is Knights of Ren about if people haven't heard of your show? So, Knights of Ren, um, W-R-E-N for Sabine Ren, um, is my Star Wars podcast that I host with my friend Maria, and we pretty much cover all types of Star Wars content, but we honestly, and most of Twitter knows us as more a more centric animation-driven podcast, because Maria and I just have such a 
deep love for the animated shows. Like I've done episodes on like all the characters of Rebels and Hope was on a villains episode for that. And I we just That was so much fun and bless you for having to put up with my thirst because I definitely noticed how much of my thirst you cut out of I don't know. I was listening. I was like, mm-hmm, I definitely talked about Thrones Dick here, and it's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't blame oh, her. And it's the little alley. What will she ever do? Okay, <laughs> That's all right. I, I was on Space Waffles, and I definitely said that Thrones titties were released into the wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're she also. said that. I yeah. did. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. Continue. You know, and we're also covering the Bad Batch episode by episode right now because we are, that's actually, this is, it's so fun because it's the first time we're really like, because I started the podcast in 2018, it's like the first time we're like fully diving into a show episode by episode. And that's just so fun to get to talk about Star Wars animation every single week. Um, Because when Resistance was going, I was still by myself and that was weird. So I'm so happy to have a a co-host to talk about Star Wars animation with. So yeah, Knights of Ren, it's all over the place, like iTunes, Anchor, everywhere, and I just, I love that podcast so much. It's so fun to talk about Star Wars all the time. <laughs> yeah. But So, what is it that you love specifically about Star Wars Resistance? Okay. Um, so, I feel like I say this, like, literally every time, but it's just so true, like, every time I talk about Resistance, but this show, on its own, I love it so much for so many reasons, but the show... Is, particularly came at a time in my life where I was going through some really, really difficult crap. Um, And so, and it's just such a comfort show because this show just has such an energy and pureness and heart and just the humor is amazing. Like I have a freaking no context account, which is like literally the best thing I own because like it is just so, such a funny show and brings so much love. So it just really came in a time in my life where I was struggling a bit more. And that's why it just ended up having such an impact for me. And beyond just that, I just love the show for the heart and the characters are also lovable and it has some great found family aspects too. Like I wrote about that for remembering resistance um, last year. I wrote about the fan found family aspects because it's just so great um, at that aspect. And I love that aspect of star Wars. So yeah, it's just a really fun show. Um, and I, I just love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when I was choosing guests and I came to you about this, you specifically wanted a Torah episode. And so the, the one that you originally wanted had already been taken. So then you chose this as your backup. So what it is, what is it about this episode? Why did you choose it? And what do you love about Torah? Oh, boy, that's a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, great, Ted, go off. Go on, no, no, no. Go off, go off. Like the biggest tangent ever, no. Um, I, I guess I'll start with uh, the episode itself. This episode is like, other than just Torah content, I'll I'll say that. Um, other than just Torah content, this episode, it has so many great elements. It has great humor. It has great heart, and it really touches on um, again referencing those found family elements and um, looking out for other people. Like a, a reason why this episode for Torah in particular is so meaningful for me is you really see Tora's qualities shine in this episode like her qualities of being just an amazing friend and looking out for others and wanting to maintain positivity and care for people and encourage those people to stay around and so and then like I said humor wise Buggles is precious and I love Buggles and I will protect (laughs) with my whole heart 
Um, and then Kaz just has his chaotic Kaz humor in this episode too, because it's Kaz. Um, but and, and it's just like on the more emotional core of it, this episode it really just touches on those things. Like I, I, I can be very critical about a lot of this season, but this episode I just think it does a really good job about touching on those more serious elements where where we are in the galaxy, where we are in this challenging time where we we are being hunted down by the First Order, but we do have these characters who want to maintain that positivity and keep their friends around. So it, it's just such a heartwarming episode for me, and I love that. <laughs> so what's really interesting about this episode is the first time I watched it, I actually thought it was one of the weaker episodes, but now that we're going back through it with a fine tooth comb i'm like no this is brilliant this is very needed it is a needed episode to show how what happens when the first order is here and it's either keep the people here and they might starve to death or release them to the galaxy and they might be hunted down and killed like it is the rock and the hard place and i was just like this is really great Mm -hmm. um I have to ask one more thing. It's not here. How much did you scream when you saw Buggles in Bad Batch? Oh my god, so much. Like, I lost my shit. Literally, <laughs> I will take any resistance Easter egg, but Buggles, like a Warpack at all, like, I'm sorry. Yes, give me more Warpacks in Star Wars, my heart. <laughs> I lost my shit. I was, because I, because I heard it first, and... So, like, when Omega is, like, in the thing with, like, Echo and Hunter, like, the little shop, that you can hear the Vorpax off screen. And so, when I heard that, I was like, those sound like buckles. And then the car yeah. rolls by, and I'm like, they are buckles! Yes! 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 Oh, 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 oh. Well, I know what you think about this episode. Chris, what do you think about this episode? I liked it a lot. I found a few things to pick on on it about. Um, one of it being Buggles. Oh my I, God. The dead, no. the dead, the dead pet come back to life somehow. <laughs> I think he's a zombie. Oh no. Zombie Buggles. No. Oh, he died. He died mid-season, though. You guys know that. What? He flew off in. He flew off in a ship into space. Oh with- yeah. You don't survive that. That he didn't survive that. <laughs> this is like bug this is like the Simpsons cat. It's like Buggles 2 or something. They just got another board pack and Or oh, he's a, I, I don't know, or he's a Sith Buggles and that he keeps cloning cone chambering himself. That's why he keeps like leading them into danger. <gasps> There's like pickled buggles in a tube somewhere made by a group of uh, cabanoids. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys ready to dive into this episode? That might be Palpatine in, in that might be like Palpatine's oh. contemporary container is buggles. Buggatine. Bug- no! Don't make that a thing! No! Palpable. <laughs> Little girl, I don't approve of the decor of your room. Uh, change it. Give me more kibble. Do it. <laughs> Buggles is turning her into a goth. <laughs> don't you feel a little depressed? Wouldn't you like to get a tattoo? A Sith tattoo. All right, you guys ready to dive into this episode? Then people walk in, he's like, God damn it. (laughs) Well, ready to get into the episode, everybody? Yes. All right. 
Hunt on Seltzer 3 is, oh man, I'm drinking seltzer right now, and it's really delicious, by the way. I just have to put mm. uh, Seltzer 3. Excuse me, keep that burp in. It's the 25th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on October 27th, 2019, and it was written by Sharon Flynn and directed by Brad Rao. Some extra information for you. In early scripts at one point during the food source food shortage, Bolter Gruel, the Gorg salesman, was was to remark that he was out of Gorgs, to which Orca and Flicks would hide their pet Bitey. <laughs> and I'm just like, Bitey, no! Another <laughs> earlier draft of the episode had Kaz buying the cannon from Orca and Flicks, with Tor's money, of course, as Kaz is a broke-ass bitch. <laughs> it was simplified to be a project abandoned by Tam. Pablo Hidalgo mentioned that this episode was a callback to stories from our real world, saying, Cragen's wistful recollection, a pirate's hunting creature, recalls ancient seafaring whaling days of our planet, and he's likely referring to ancient vessels pursuing purgol or space slugs. <laughs> For Kaz and Tora's heavy coast, the designs are something that harken back to the original trilogy, then the Empire Strike Back cruise jackets. What the final design of Kaz's coat has a lot of the same quilting and details as the crew jackets, but they kept it to Kaz's color scheme. Tor's coat ended up being inspired by the, Leia, the jacket that Leia wears on Echo Base on Hoth. And finally, the meat grill scene at the end of the episode bears a striking resemblance to the grill scene at Ronto's Roasters in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And it's purely coincidence. They were actually designed separately, and they turned out nearly identical. I thought you, I thought that was a sarcastic, like, it was purely a coincidence. No, no, it was, it was, it really was Winky a coincidence. Wink. They really did. Um, it just, it just happened Not to be. Not marketing at all. Poetry arrives. All of our girls are the same in Star Wars. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know who's not, I don't have a, seg- a segue. Hi, Yoda. <laughs> you know, I can't have segues all the time, Yoda. I try. I'm so sorry. Yoda doesn't <gasps> care. Oh my god, I just realized, Allie, you don't know Yoda. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yo, not met, yo, not met this Yoda one, now. not mom, not mom at all. <laughs> No, no, please. Okay, so, oh my goodness, I forgot about this. Um, Where's so mom? Here, here is your complimentary spray bottle full of water. Okay. If, if Yoda gets too much, you just spray him. Oh. Like this. Psst, psst. Ah. No spray Yoda. No be mean to Yoda. No be mean to Yoda. No. He is a little fuck. No, thanks, <laughs> Yoda. Yes, nice, nice. Yoda. You're, you're really nice. I hope your moistening is going well. No, really, spray him. <laughs> if he gets too much. Okay. okay. So, all right. Hi, Yoda. I have a question for you. Oh, a question for Yoda. Yes, and it was inspired by this episode, actually. Yoda, if you cooked a jacuzzi, how would you cook it, and what sides would you serve with it? Mm, Yoda, Yoda loves jabroni. Mmm. Jabroni? Yes. Mm, Cook all the time, Yoda's Yoda's people do. Have a special recipe. Is jabroni like macaroni, but with jacuzzi in it? Uh, Yoda said jabroni. What the hell is a jabroni? (laughs) Big, big fish flat thing from from the cartoon. Oh, oh, oh. 
Yoda has his own name. His own name Yoda has for Yoda's people's name. Ah, oh, oh, got you, got you, got you. Sorry, sorry. Okay, continue, continue. How would you pick it up? Very Jambodian, the swamp we do, wrapped in cabbage and onions, yes, and space garlic, lots of space garlic. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really good. Ferments, it does, yeah. Oh, no, that's not sounding good. Develop slime. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you moisten it with slime, delicious, mm. Yoda. That mm. ferment for 14 years, yes, ooh, space ooh. years. Mm, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what sides would you serve with it? Um, corn. Just corn. Just corn. <laughs> Fermented and delicious for Tradi- years. Traditional, and corn. Yes, yes, corn. See, see, I think it needs to have some, like, nice um, mac and cheese, space mac and cheese, you know. <laughs> so... So all the little noodles yeah, are Yoda is not uh, an adult Yoda is, does not eat baby food. Yoda does not. Mac and cheese is delicious. How fucking dare you? Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe would like some space chicky nuggets too. Mm, mm, shaped like space dinosaurs. Rawr. Yeah, rawr, yeah that's, yum, yum. Yoda. that's what Grogu eats. Grogu likes chicken nuggies. <laughs> Grogu eat anything. That's true. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll absolutely give you that. We're pretty sure he ate our friend Kermit. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Grogu ate Kermit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You surely had ate nothing Kermit to do with Kermit up. Yes. You surely had nothing to do with Kermit's missing no, body, did you, Yoda? No, no, no. Oh, look at the time. Maybe you should be going. Maybe Yoda should go. <laughs> Bye, Yoda. I think he got the trick to getting rid of him there. You just bring up Kermit. I know. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> and there you go. Four shows and you finally got to meet Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, are we ready to get into Act One? Yes. I'm ready. Uh, more of my third seltzer for seltzer three. Okay, I'll stop with that. It's a dumbass joke. Here we go. All right. Oh boy. Thanks. I'm here all week. Act One. Ah. <laughs> Recap of last week. So last week, Kaz Eager and the Aces did some squad goals training, and they are all like, oh, we're going to be this great training squad together. It's going to be fun. What could possibly go wrong? And they ran into a big-ass creature called a Jakus. And the Jakus was like, I want to be part of your team. Hi. And the Aces were like, ah. And the Jakus was like, hi. And then they flew away. The Jakus was like, come back again. Anyway, on to this week. We open with Best Dad Doza holding a town hall and everyone's pissed because they're hungry and they're out of their drink and more importantly, they're out of liquor and that's so much more important than water because they gotta have their liquor because if they're in a war, you know that these people are drinking and everyone wants to leave, but that would be bad because in the first season, the first order was like, hi guys, we're gonna register all of you. So everybody on the platform is registered. And guess who rules the galaxy? It's the first order. But you know what? Aunt Z, who is always the best, she has no fucks to give. And she's like, you know what, Doza? You put us here, You you did the best you could, but I'm gonna leave. And everyone stops. And they look at Aunt Z and they're just like, no! You're like one of the best characters, Z! You have to stay. 
and off in the corner, Pirate Face Kragen is just like, <sighs> ah, smells like opportunity. I'm gonna gently put my laptop back down as I smelled it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the credits roll. So, Kaz and Tora go to Aunt Z, and they're like, Aunt Z, we love you. We'll figure it out. It's gonna be fine. And Aunt Z's like, oh, kids, you're still so pure, and the world hasn't destroyed you yet. <laughs> and I, I hate to break it to you, but the power of love and friendship don't pay my bills. So they're like, well, what can we do, Aunt Z? So she leans in, she's like, I heard about that little jacuzzi, though. And you know what? I got some good rub for that and a little bit of secret sauce, and I can barbecue that sucker up. You know, if you get me a jacuzzi, we'll have ourselves a, a right barbecue. And Tora's like, oh, that's not hard at all. Actually, that is really hard. The, it almost destroyed all the aces. Hype was screaming, and we're pretty sure he wet himself. But it's fine. He had to clean it himself because we all laughed at him. Anyway, so Kragen then kicks in the door. He's just like, what's up, fuckers? I'm a pirate. And he just comes in, and he's like, Anzi, I heard you want a jacuzzi. If I bring you a jacuzzi, I'll make Noza look like shit. And Tora is like, how fucking dare you? How dare you talk to my thought about my dad that way? My dad took you in. And Kragen's like, and he hasn't kicked us off yet, so that's his problem. And Tora's in a rage. So, Tora in Kaz go up to speak to her father. I like how she's like the nice mouth boy because she's like, wait till my father hears about this. But she's, you know, not a genocidal maniac, so it's great. <laughs> Where am I? I lost my spot. So the dads are talking, and Doza is like, I don't know, Yeager. I just can't keep people here against their will. And boss dad Yeager is like, that's cute. If you send them away, they're going to be murdered. We cannot do that. And they're like, but what are we going to do? Luckily, Tora kicks in the door, and she's like, Father, I have to talk to you. I have to tell you what that bitch Kragen said. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes in, and she explains the Jakku situation, and she volunteers Kaz and volunteers herself to go get a Jakku. But they have to do it to avoid a mutiny, because pretty much everyone's ready to jump ship. So they hop in their ships, and they roll out with the pirates. So they fly down to the ice planet, and meanwhile, pirate mom Sinarasan is, like, the most, like, mom energy in this. And she's like, Kragen. We're sending our pirate children out to fight a monster. We have no idea what we're doing. And we're all gonna die. And Kragen's like, nonsense! I'm going to tell you a pirate story. I'm going to regale you. Is that the right word? Regale? That's an Owl House joke that Allie will understand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love you. Um, I'm gonna regale you, our forefather pirate people used to hunt monsters all the time in space and Zornar is just like we're gonna die so Kragen and the pirates start going out looking for the Jakus and Kaz is like alright guys we're gonna get this thing with the power of friendship and Kragen's like shut up with that pirate that power of friendship thing friendship's not real and Kaz is like cool bro we'll just watch your guys get your asses handed to you, to you. call us if you need help because that's not going to happen to us because we're the protagonists. So the pirates start blowing stuff up and the Chagoose is just like, oh, you're back! Welcome to my house! And the pirates
I would start shooting at it, and the Jakus is like, Ow! That hurts! I'm gonna eat you now! And the pirates start getting attacked, and Kaz and Tora are just having the best time watching the pirates getting attacked, just saying. <laughs> and, yeah, but now there's a Jakus after, after everybody. I must note, though, that during all this, there's a little B-plot happening, where Kaz think Niku is packing up and also leaving the platform with ANC. We'll come back to that in, an- at, in Act 3. What did everybody think in Act 1? Ellie, you're the guest. You start. Okay. <laughs> You've never experienced that either. Hi, that's me. Yeah, first Act. thoughts. Wow, round of applause. Round of thank applause. You, thank you, thank you. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Um, yeah. No, I, I love this first act it's a lot of fun and like as you were saying it's a lot of chaotic children being chaotic and then adults trying to maintain the situation in whatever ways they want to whether it's throwing immunity or just being really sad which like i don't blame doza poor doza gets so bombarded by people in this freaking season it is so sad but like like i get it he's the one who brought the first order of the classes in the first place but honestly like he just was trying to do what was best for people so like poor noza but uh they were showing i think too. they were showing up no matter what happened yeah so, yeah, yeah exactly damage controlling <laughs> yeah. yeah he was trying to like hold them back as much as they can because he knew they were coming anyway until he yeah, could yeah. at least get help and it just it, his time ran out and i i think that's what makes Doza such a complicated and interesting character Yes, yes. <laughs> Continue, my friend. Yeah. Um. I also, I, I liked, I love the B-plot with Niku and Kaz because, like, it's just so sweet. Like, I, I a big criticism I have a lot about the season is that I feel like this season just doesn't show um, some of the bonds that were built up in season one as much. So I just, I loved getting to see that, like, th- that care that they have grown for each other, especially Kaz. And, like, Kaz is like, no, Niku, don't leave. I mean, uh, the boy just lost his entire planet and his friends and family. Like, he needs them. Yeah. And then speaking of um, not seeing as much, I will talk relentlessly about the lack of Sonara-san in this season. So I am very glad that she got some moments to shine in this episode and being a pirate mom, love to see it. (laughs) So so what's actually so interesting about Sonara to me in this episode is it's very clear of the journey she's already been on. Because I think back to the very first appearance where she was like with the pirate crew, I think it was the Triple Dark, right? The, the episode of the Triple Dark. And she's excited to be like pirating and going out there. But you can tell that she's had a character arc and she's just not in the same place as the pirates mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And of course, we'll get back to that later in the season when we have the episode, I think it's called The Mutiny, where Sonara finally does break away. But every time she's been on screen, you can tell, like, she was helping Aunt Z clean the cantina a few episodes ago. She was trying to help keep everything in order because she's just not in that same place anymore. And every time she's, like, with Craig and the others, it's just so apparent that she's just not there with them and that she's in a different place in her life. Yes. Yeah. It's also subtle and, like, physical acting. Like, like yeah. it's not like she's having, like, these, like, big lines of dialogue about it. It's just all subtle animation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you have anything else? Um, I guess I'm here for Raging Torah because we usually get positive upbeat Torah, so I love <laughs> seeing that other side of her. We're, we're here for it. Torah goes into a... We've decided that Torah definitely killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> it is because 
because she fought pirates for so long and she was one of the best shots. She's definitely killed. <laughs> like, yeah. She's killed exactly. people in races for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, goes, like, killed a man. Don't mess with Tora or her father or you will be in danger. <laughs> danger. You'll be underwater. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming with the fishes. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what did you think of Act One? I had only one note and I took it in the first, very first second of the the show and that's it's got the tomi robot in it in the very beginning there's that little robot with the spongy bouncy legs oh the Uh, robot that everybody now loves from bad batch even though in freaking um uh uh, resistance first because it's totally it's totally based off these little wind-up Tomy robots. I have I, I, I have a bunch of them on my shelf right now, and I had a bunch of them when I was ki- a kid. And, yeah, it's just totally... And they were, like, when, when my, like, I would... My parents would buy them at the store, and I'd be like, this is a rip-off of R2-D2. But then I was like, this little guy's kind of cool. <laughs> and, uh, and to see it show up in Star Wars is very gratifying. Yeah, like that in the Vorpak, and then we're apparently going to get even more Resistance stuff in the future of the Bad Batch, and every time I'm like, these people have probably not seen Resistance, and they're going to be like, oh, it's a Bad Batch thing, yay! And I'm like, no, go watch no, this. No. Yeah, whatever leads them to, re- if it leads them to Resistance, it's a good thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will absolutely, like, that's one thing that I, I really enjoyed um with alex damon is he's making sure to point out like when things are not bad batch first that in exactly, history yeah, and, yeah. and i was like thank you alex you're doing god's work <laughs> because yeah. the resistance in sequel trilogy res- erasure like hurts my feelings <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially the resistance erasure yeah um i only i have kind of like two sh- a shallow notes and like kind of one slightly bigger note um, take a shot for the rest of the season every time Captain Dozer says, it's too dangerous for this season. <laughs> it's his number one line. You can take a shot every episode and you have a nice drink. Mm-mm. Get some Patron. Um, and the other one is a visual thing. It's like when the pirate ship actually comes into the atmosphere, once it's out of space, like it just kind of unfolds and all its sails come out. And it's a really nice shot. Yes. Yes. It, because it's all like nice and folded up in space, but the moment it's in atmosphere, they just unfurl it. It's just such, it's so cool. I love Craig and I Chip. was hoping I, we were going to get a little more of the interior of it this time at, at first. I was like, oh, we're in the pirate ship, but we only get like a couple tight scenes in the in the cockpit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine Craig and Ship as a Lego set? Oh my God. Yes. I know, right? I don't know. I think if there was one ship from Star Wars I would want for my ship, I think it might be Kragen's ship. That would be an awesome ship to have. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yes. Um, and my, my big note is I always thought it was always interesting after the season one finale, because th- this was a, such a talking point between seasons, that, yeah, our heroes pulled a bunch of citizens unwillingly into a war and put a target on their back. What does that mean for them? Mm-hmm. And I like that there's that debate with Yeager and Doza. Um, mm-hmm. And they're talking about that. Like, yeah, they did it to protect them, but they didn't want to go to a war. None of these people want to fight the First Order. They just want to live their lives. Yeah, and, but so does anybody who gets invaded by the First Order. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, what are you going to do? I mean, he could have been like, 
you know, when the first order was like, he could have been like, yeah, you guys can run now, but they would have just like run away from the ship and got picked off by the first order. You know, it was pretty much, I mean, I really don't think of it as, as him forcing them into it. They were just, you know, it's just circumstance, you know? Yeah. And I think what, that's what, what I like else about- are you going to do at that point? What else if, are you going to do if you're any of those people there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like so much about Giger and Goza having that debate because it's the consequences of their actions. You know, Yeager brought Kaz, who was like a first order, uh, not a first order, a, a resistance spy. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, brought Kaz, has been harboring Kaz, a resistance spy. And Doza had no choice but to bring the first order. And this is not the consequences of their actions, which is like we have a group of citizens who didn't ask for a war. And now we have to protect them because we're on a run. What does that mean? It's just, which is why I like that opening shot with all the citizens of just like, we're out of food and water. What the fuck? Like, we well, that's the thing this. is they, they, I don't think they were having it. I don't, and it, this is often the case with citizenry is they don't have any, any big complaints until they start getting hungry and thirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so I, I really, this was, I, I feel like it was the, actually the episode before this that really triggered like this line of thinking. Cause I, when I did my article for Remembering Resistance, I wanted to talk about both how Kaz grew, but I also wanted to talk about the found family aspects. And the more I thought about it, the more I really got on the train of thought of the progression of how the circumstance really for everyone causes helps trigger that progression. And a big point I noted in when the last episode was like, Toro's whole conversation with Hype in regards to, like, f- having to fight in, like, a war-war-esque now and, like, everything. And the the big point I really came to is, through the circumstance, the people slowly became more accepting of Kaz and of each other. And like you were saying, it's this big thing in this episode where it's, like, we're in this circumstance. We're out of food and water. We're, like, really mad, grr, angry. But it's really that like circumstance that really helps push them to become that found family because of the ways that they are all pushed in their own ways. Like, like these are people who mostly came to a platform to like drink some drinks, watch some races and like throw a party every day. Or <laughs> like, obviously they all had their own struggles. Cause like, you know, we see that a lot in season one, but it, and it's just like, I love seeing how the circumstance really just brings them closer because that's like what really, I know I'm not spoiling anything about the end of the show for Chris, but like it's what really ends up helping with that family aspect of the show. It's, it's, it's pushing these people by circumstance to really like think about each other more. And, and that's why in the end, Auntie does stay because she has this opportunity to help people like you helped get us food. So sure, I'll stay here to help people. And like and and she says that repeatedly. She's like, I don't want to just sit here if I can't serve my customers. Like, I want to be able to serve people and like help people. And I can't do that just by sitting here. So I just I loved how the show really dealt with that throughout the season. And we know that about Z, too, because she had a chance to run. She and Hype both. And. They both came back in the season finale because they yeah. care about the Colossus. Yeah. And I, I think the, the, this season actually does so well. We're like, I I have gripes about how like the protagonists are handled and stuff like that. Yeah. But something that this show does do was meet Dave Filoni's original pitch for the show, which was he wanted them to show how normal everyday people react to fascism invading their homes <laughs> yes. and that's what it does because yeah. the it's this i well i have grabs about the like how the main characters are handled 
the the supporting characters like the Aunt Z's and the Aces, and pretty sure soon we're gonna get like the Mika Gray, the Mika Grays, and the Bulls of Gruels and the Orca and Flixes. This is about how they come together, and how they get to that point where they have to stop and go, "We're in a war. What are we gonna do? What are our choices? We can either keep running or we can stand together." And that that is the story of season two. It's not mm-hmm. as much as it's not Kaz and all them. The story of season two is the people realizing yeah. that they cannot be idle. They have to choose a side because yeah. if they don't choose a side, they're going to just get killed pretty much. They're just going to let fascism invade. And I think that's what's so interesting about this episode as well is we're starting to see like the beginnings of that of just like, yes, we want to be comfortable and stuff like that. But comfort is going to run out and choices are going to have to be made. And it's like the risks you're willing to take, like risks have to be taken, but the risks bring like the biggest rewards. Cause like the more risk you take and the more you're willing to stick out, stick up for other people and take those extra steps. And despite the challenges you're facing, that's what really re- like brings that reward in the end. It brings you closer. And I just like that so much. Yes. So now you have mentioned it twice. Um, where is your article that you wrote for remembering resistance? It's on oh, friends of the first, right? Yeah, it's on Friends of the Force, so it's on their website, yes. Did you uh, you guys have anything else for Act 1? No, I'm all set. I got my ro- Tommy robot in there. <laughs> Did you have anything else for Act 1, Allie? Um, I, I guess I, 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 in general, loved seeing more on C because we, mm, she's just it. such a great character, so yeah. <laughs> Her and Orphan Flicks could carry shows of their own. Literally, yes! Yes, yes, yes. We've talked about it so much before, but the, this is not a new topic on this show. Like, all throughout season one, we're like, Orca, Flix, and Aunt Z could carry your show. Just yes. them. <laughs> so, but act two? I'm ready for it. Yep. <clears throat> act two. So, the pirates are fighting a jacuzzi, and Kragen's like, yes, I'm having the best time! And Sonora's like, we're gonna die! <laughs> oh my god! And so, but as they're fighting the Jakus and the pirates are getting pack- picked up, Kaz is like, hey, Kragen, do you want some tips about how to fight the Jakus? And Kragen's like, fuck off, child! I'm the captain! I'm the captain now! You see, I'm in charge! And Kaz is like, alright, he takes out his nail file and he's just like, goes back to filing his notes and is like, call me when you need help. <laughs> so the Jacuzzi is like, you guys came into my home and I was trying to be welcoming and now you're attacking me. Ah! And he starts picking off the pirates one by one. And Sonara is like, Kragen, we have to get out of here. We're all dying. And Kragen's like, fine, fine, mom. Ruining all of our fun, mom. And he starts turning around. But the Jacuzzi is like, not so fast, assholes! And he starts chasing them down. And the pirates are like, ah! And the Jakus is like, ah, get in my mouth, ah, get in there, ah! So finally, Kaz is like, hey, Tora, you think they've had enough fun? And, and Tora's like, yeah, Sonara's on that ship, and we actually like Sonara. <laughs> Kaz is like, that's true, we have to say you have Tam's girlfriend in case Tam ever does yes! come back. And Tora's like, yeah, let's go save Sonara. So in case Tam does come back, she has a girlfriend. So they swoop in there, and they hit the Jakus, and Jakus is like, ah, goodbye! And they allow Sonara and the pirates time to get away. And, pa- and Sonara just turns around. 
and puts her hands on her hip and looks at Kragen. And Kragen's like, no, mom, I don't know. I don't. Let's just go home. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry. <laughs> it's not as like, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. And everyone's like, ooh, she pulled the mom on you. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, they get back to ANCs. And ANC is like, where's my jacuzzi? What the? Wait, you guys are supposed to be coming back with a massive monster for me to cook up. And Kragen's like, that Taz, that Taz, that Taz and Cora got in my way. And Taz is like, that's not our names. And Kragen's like, I don't care, child. They got in our way. And it's their fault. And Nancy's like, mm-hmm. Anyway, Kaz, Tora, honey, are you guys okay? And they're like, yeah, Z, we're fine. And she's like, well, I love you both, but I'm leaving tonight. And they're like, no, Z, come back! <laughs> so now the race is on. So Tora and Kaz report to Doza, and Doza's like, well, at least you're not dead. <laughs> and then he looks all sad and worried, and, and then Tora's worried, because she's like, my dad is sad, and I don't know what to do. So they go to Tora's room. Where Plot Buggles is there to greet them. And Plot Buggles is like, Hi, I'm in the episode! And Cass you mean is like, Sith hey, Bubbles. <laughs> this, you better be playing the Sith music. Oh my god, no. Oh. Okay, okay, so the Sith music now is playing. Sith Buggles is there to greet them. And he's just like, You've come to rub my belly. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Rub my belly. So they start scheming about how to make a plan. They start scheming about how to make a plan. That's a great sentence. That came out wrong. Go ahead. Rub my belly. I know you want to. They have to first scheme about how to make a plan and then make a plan. No, they start making a plan. Oh my God. And Cass is like, oh my God. So Tam, Tam made a cannon. And Tora's like, that seems disastrous and he's like it's fine Niku worked on it not me and she was like oh thank god okay as long as Tam and Niku worked on a cannon and you were nowhere near it Kaz okay that makes more sense okay it's gonna be fine it won't blow up on us and so they decide like Tam worked on this cannon for the fireball but she never got a chance to install it so they figure out that's the best way to take down the jacuzzi so they head on out and and Sith Buggles is like I'm coming with you, because I will have Jakus blood tonight and bathe in the death of the Jakus. And, and Sith plot bubbles follows. So Kaz and Tora are flying back down towards the planet, and Kaz is like, I keep hearing something very, this music, this music keeps playing in the background, and it sounds very Sithy, and I just, I don't know what, CB23, do you hear that music? If you rub my belly, I will become more powerful than you can ever imagine. And Cass is like, ah, the Sith Buckles is here! <laughs> and he's just like, oh god, Tora's gonna kill me because I, I brought her pet Sith with us. <laughs> and and Tora looks over and she's like, are you okay over there? And Kaz doesn't tell Tora that Buggles is there because reasons. Reasons? Uh, even though they're literally still by the Colossus? Reasons. Uh. Anyway, they land on the ship, and Tora is just like, what's going on, Kaz? And Buggle rises from the smoke, and he's like, Mother, I am here to bathe in the blood of the Jakus. And Tora's in a rage. She's just like, Kaz, how dare you bring my pet Sith here? You, I'll you... be in my litter box. He could be shitting on 
places right now because he's did you bring his litter box and he's like no i'm going to poop on Kaz's seat so anyway it is pure evil <laughs> anyway, this is getting long, long story short concentrated runs... evil <laughs> anyway, long story short buckles is like oh my god i'm gonna run off and he runs off and tora's like oh no buckles and she starts running after Buggles, too. But what happens is Tora accidentally runs across a slumbering Jakus, which is like, how does he feel that? It must feel just like a fly landing on his back because she's so tiny. And the Jakus wakes up! Bum, bum, bum! Yeah, this is going to be my first Jakus physics um, complaint is, yeah, this guy's got, like, <laughs> armor on him that repels, you know, full, straight-on blaster fire, and he feels... Like a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, it would be like the tiniest little gnat running across some, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's like if you had a helmet and you had a flea on top of the helmet and you felt it and were like, what's that? And you woke up. <laughs> the hell was that? <laughs> so, Allie, what did you think of Act 2? First off, how dare you all make this Buggles a thing? I will never... I- <laughs> I'm never going to be able to unthink this now. <laughs> it's what we do. I'm glad we ruined it for you. That's our, that's our jam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Buggles. Oh my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, but I, I will defend Buggles just like I defended the Mortis Arc last time. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I really do. I love bu- Buggles. I, I used to own a pug, and Buggles so much reminds me of my pug. They're either, and the thing about pugs is they're either super cute or hideous mutants. There's no in between. They're I not- don't know. They're kind of both at the same time to me, and yeah. that makes them so hilarious to me. Like, I yeah. can't I can't hang out with a pug without, like, just, like, like ugly, ugly, la- ugly laughing. Yeah, like ugly yeah. laughing. Like people that have pugs love to throw their pug at me because I'm very entertaining because like like I'm generally amused by them every second. They crack me up. So yeah, I, I love Buggles because nines. it reminds me like Buggles is so cute, but also like it's it's I think it's the eyes and the weird legs. Like Buggles also creeps the fuck out of me. <laughs> but I love him because he reminds me of my pug I used to have. So yeah, no, we're we're joking about Darth Buggles. I we, know, you really do but it's love still I'll Buggles. never be able to unhear it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Next time That's you watch why we're here. Next time you sit down to watch Resistance, you're gonna be like, This is great. I need to go with, like, no context resistance and make, like, a freaking, like, send Buggles. Like, no. Joking. You're going to be watching it. Buggles clips with, like, Sith music playing over them. If Hope and I ever collaborate on a fan fiction, it'll be Buggles and Jar Jar spreading evil to the galaxy. Oh, my God. You're going to be watching uh, Resistance and Buggles is going to pop up on screen. You're just going to go quiet and just be like, fucking Hope and Jar Jar's going to be old and training Buggles. Misa, show you how to kill a man. I think Kaz was just having PTSD to that time. Buggles flew the fireball in that one moment. And honestly, he died. he's 
rightfully scared of Tora's reaction because I feel like, A, in that moment, and B, in general, as we see in this episode, Tora can have quite a strong reaction. So honestly, I do not blame Kaz for not telling her. But If it it comes down to blame Kaz or blame Buggles, Kaz is going to always lose that one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Poor Kaz. Like... (laughs) This is my one, like, <laughs> I, I understand it's there for plot. So I know, I know, but... I'm just like, why don't he just be like, oh my god, Tora, like, we're still here at the, resist- at, at the Colossus, Boggle stuck in my ship to do a quick U-turn. I know the answer is plot, and it's there for comedic value, but, like, the stakes are already high enough. It's Tora and Kaz by themselves against a Jakus. Like, you still have those high stakes. You don't need Buggles there, too, especially when we find out there's still two pirates on the ground. They could have had a whole bit of, like, them struggling with the pirates. That could have been a much longer bit. So, like, I get that it's 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 for the younger target audience. Buggle is there for the kids, and it's there for plot. But it's just, like, the one element I'm just, like, this, everything was already there and in place. Buggles just feels a little bit put like shoved. It's in a there. little, it's a little tagged on, but at the same time, the way they visually do it, like all, like the shots of where she's like looking through the tele, you know, the, yes. the binoculars, yeah, it, it looks great. And he's all of a sudden like three miles off. That's it's good physical visual <laughs> comedy. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just like a little too much, but. <laughs> But I still also kind of love it, like, because... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard to complain about it, you know? Because it's so yeah. damn cute when he's just like, look, Mom, I'm a cat. I'm on this, like, 100-foot-tall thing. And it's like, how did you get up there in seconds? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I had to fish my fat-ass cat out of a tree the other day, so I understand Tora's paying. Because Zeb's a fat-ass, and somehow he got his ass up a tree, and he was just like, I'm too fat to get down. I'm like, all right, we'll get the broom. I don't know. You ever seen a cat skeleton in a tree before? Oh, Chris! Right. The answer is no. Yeah, they always get down. <laughs> okay. That's my baby. That's anyway. an old country. That's an old country witticism, Hope. Oh yeah. Our cat's up in the tree. What are we gonna do? You ever seen a cat skeleton up in a tree? No. No. Yeah, that's because the hawks eat them down. Anyway. Thanks, Chris. Anyway, speaking, speaking of my cat just whipped in the door. She's Bernice. Chris's cat's name is Bernice, and she's she now thinks, here. She with thinks she's gonna get. She thinks she's gonna get brushed. <laughs> Not right now, buddy. So, Allie, continue. <laughs> Um, well, I was here for the Buggle stuff because more Buggles, yes. And honestly, Tora and Buggle, like just the amount that Tora cares about Buggles, it's so precious and I love it. And honestly, like I, I'll, I'll take them not putting Buggles back because you don't get a ton of Buggles, and so I'll take more Buggles content. Give it to me. <laughs> um, I, I do want to stuff Buggles. I think, yeah. I think oh my, my cats would be terrified of it, and that, that's why I want it. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I would have. If if I I only let myself buy like one stuffed animal or like one I I only let myself buy a shirt and one stuffed animal when I was at Star Wars Celebration, and I picked the little wolf over the Gorg. Still kind of regret that a bit just because Gorg. But if they no. if they had had if they had had a stuffed Buggles that debate, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have ended up buying both because that would have been too much for me. <laughs> but I forgot. They See had what I think Buggles should be a hat. 
A hat? Buggles should be a hat. <gasps> oh and, Buggles, and like his legs are like the, the ear flaps. Like yes. his legs are yes. like these long ear flaps yes. that go down over your ears. Star Wars, make it, please. I want it. Give it to me. Yes. <laughs> Someone. I absolutely forgot they had stuffed Gorg toys. Oh my God, I want one. I know. I'm, I still regret not just killing my bank account and getting one too. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, pain. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, oh, I uh, so I I liked, even though it wasn't really like drawn out in any way, shape, or form. Um, I liked getting a mention of Tam again in this episode, just because that's another gripe I have. <laughs> Me bringing up all my graces season two. Do it. Air your grievances. Air your grievances to Darth Buckles. Oh my God. Yeah. No, but Tam is not in a ton of episodes this season, so. Getting her acknowledged at all, and again, they don't seem to get too emotional about it in that moment, but it got punches me in that moment where I'm like, oof, mentioning Tam again, are we? Ow. Would it hurt me? Like, oh my gosh. And I just, I love their snow gear. Like, I remember the image of them was, like, out before the yeah. episode came out, and I even tweeted. I was like, I cannot wait to see my children in their snow gear. Like, let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so so on StarWars.com, in the background info, info they actually have an image of... Um, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and like one of the crew wearing the jackets that became Kaz's jacket. And it's such a cool image to see like Kaz wearing something that like, um, that was so inspired by that time period. And I love Tora's Leia jacket because it really does, it's Leia's jacket and it looks so good on her and it's such an iconic look for Leia. So it's so cool to see them honoring that. And I I also always just kind of love snow gear. Like I love those episodes of Clone Wars where Obi-Wan and Anakin are in their parkas or like um, Ahsoka has the... um, the Montreal hood that fits her Montreal so it sticks up a little bit. Like, I just yes. love those designs because yes. I don't always get them. Rex in his snow gear is great. <laughs> yeah, any any Star Wars character in snow gear, I'm immediately like, give, give me more. Yes. yes. Yeah, no one's going to co- cosplay that in the middle of summer. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. No, We're no, watch fans. me. Watch me. I'm going to, if I ever cosplay Tora, I'm not going to just want to cosplay Tora. I'm going to want to cosplay Tora. In that jacket with the Buggles hat Chris was talking about now. I need, like, a Buggles hat and, like, a snow jacket with a tour cosplay. Like, let's We go. need to write a John Marie and see, be like, can you make us Buggles hats? Please make us Buggles hats. I she makes Chica dolls. Maybe she can make Buggles hats. Don't hurry. I'm dropping things. Hold on. Oh my God. <laughs> I accidentally, like, knocked my mouse to the floor. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. I only just, like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what did you think of Act Two? Well, one of my notes is already out because one of my notes was zombie buggles. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted. My cat has discovered that it can peel rubber bands off my rubber band ball, and it's coming out, coming over here and pulling off rubber bands. Don't and let her eat them. Then running off with them. Don't let her eat those, Chris. She won't eat them. You say that like you well, there's a rubber band coming out of butt. Yeah, I've I've seen that happen before. I remember when I was a kid, our cat ate a bl- uh, balloon, and my mother, the balloon was coming out her butt. The cat's uh, the string from the balloon was coming out. It was like a balloon on a string, and the string was hanging out the cat's butt, and it was freaking out and running around the house. <laughs> and so my mother put out her her dishwashing gloves to grab the string, you know, and give it a pull. And the cat started running, oh. 
and the, then the balloons started coming out and stretching, and it was like a cartoon. The cat was like, and snap the balloon came. But anyway. Hey, aren't you glad you're a guest tonight? You have cat skeletons, balloon asses. It's fun. My only other note is like an animation note, and there was a really just awesome it was so subtle and so like kind of just went by without notice that it was but it was amazing there there was a they somebody said something that when something somebody said something to Cragen and he did this complex he didn't say a word he did this complex move where he sort of threw his arms up shrugged his shoulders rolled his eyes and sort of did this like uh, sort of rolly thing with his hands. And it was just a very complicated, but the body language said, yeah, yeah, I give up. Yes, you're right. You know, and, but it was, but it was such a complicated, you know, combination of sort of complex body language and subtle body language in this big squid character you know squid face character and uh yeah it was almost and i know they're probably not using motion capture to do no, this no, 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 probably, no. They're, they're they're probably animating it you know mm-hmm. so they're getting really good with you know i mean it was there were there were probably about five or six little body language things going on there all just seamlessly and perfectly fluidly and it communicated the whole thought without a, a single word it was great I, yeah oh go ahead okay yeah the animation like the character movement animation in the show is just so awesome and i just remember i enjoyed it so much when i went to like last summer i went to like the i i, I don't remember what the event thing was called but it was some lucasfilm animation like zoom meeting thing um and they, they they talked specifically in that like Zoom meeting about resistance and the character movement specifically with Kaz because Kaz has just such a vibrant crazy character movement with how like noodly he is and stuff. Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking noodle boy. Yeah, noodle boy exactly. Like like I I just love the way this show handles its character movement. It can be so funny. Like Hope and I talked about this too with no context or assistance. Like you can pause the show at so many random points and you will get some of like the weirdest body poses ever. Yeah, like, like well, especially like, with Kaz at like impossible angles. You know, yeah, with his his body oh, at almost like a ninety degree angle. You know, bent backwards all and all the way stuff. down to the the bottom of our document. And Gally has has put on very great Kaz faces yeah. at the very <laughs> bottom. Uh, but but what's funny is the thing with Cragen, who's an exaggerated character, that was just a very real, it wasn't an exaggerated, it was a very just naturalistic motion. So they're mixing the two of them up, and it's it's very Disney. Of, of, it's very Disney of them. <laughs> so, so what's interesting, because we, we've actually talked about this a lot with Sonara, um, especially in season one, is that she is very much a character of actions. So much of what's going on with her internally is not said. She's a very physical character. She makes a lot of different facial, facial movements, and her body language tells so much of her story because she actually doesn't speak a lot. And that's so when I hear that, like, that's why I love this show that I can tell when people haven't watched it, because this very much is a show of nuances. There are so many nuances happening. And 
it's so easy to focus on like the slap stickiness on yeah. the surface that you completely miss the nuances of this show. And we're seeing it. We're seeing what kind of what what you know Clone Wars did so much of it in the beginning. Rebels got a little bit more complicated. Resistance got so much more nuanced. And now we're seeing a combination of those three shows in Bad Batch. Bad Batch very much is the culmination of all yes. the animation that has yeah. come before it. But they did so much work with the smoothness of their animation, the the little things like Chris was talking about with how like Craig went through so many emotions within seconds. We're seeing that in Bad Batch. Um, to where like now now tech is very I was having this conversation with the Geeky Waffles um the other day. Um, tech is very much a character of nuances. I I, I actually read tech coded as neurodiverse. Um, he reminds me so much of Entrapta from Shira, who is was purposely written to be autistic. And Tekken is very much like her character. But um, so when I but he's so much of a character of nuances. It's, it's all about his body language um, and what he's doing in the background. And that actually tells his story. Same thing with Echo. Echo is so much about what he's not saying, and you can see it in his facial expressions, how his body moves, how he's holding himself. Um, not everybody is going to be Wrecker, who is very vibrant, and he is the Kaz. He's very vibrant, and he is not a noodly boy, but he is the boy, and he's in the front. <laughs> but then you have these other characters that are, are very quiet, and you have to watch their faces. You have to watch their body, because that's where their character characterization is. And Resistance very much started the groundwork for that, because rebel rebels in a clone wars not they were still getting the hang of that animation it was still developing but i feel like resistance really perfected the art of what what people are not saying to show their characters am i i'm rambling now am i making sense yeah no no no. and like even the not the characters who are the primary focus like even in the background this show just has so much movement Mm. and so much attention to detail with that and i really appreciate that and like you were saying it's not just in the slapstick noodle arm stuff but it's also in like like you were saying in the more emotional stuff too like the facial expressions and the way these characters are just exuding so much emotion and so much movement i i just love that and so i'm so happy that th- this animation is progressing because like bad Bash is also really beautiful so i just i'm here for animation it's just mm-hmm. it's getting so good and i love it so much yeah like like there's some, i didn't i didn't note it um but there's a moment in the barbecue and i, I don't remember where it was but there's a moment where i i'm always watching orca and flicks i just love them they're, they're <laughs> my favorite they're my favorite characters like yeah. i love orca and flicks and there's a shot where you can only see flicks legs but orca turns and he looks up at him and you see him smile and his eyes soften he's looking yes. up at his partner oh. and it's completely in the background it's just this little moment and it made my heart melt because it's not in the action it's, it's completely in the background but they took that moment of orca looking up at his partner smiling and his eyes soften yes. and they didn't have to animate that it's so yes, beautiful exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, 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 i love it i love it <laughs> ah. um well did anybody else have anything else for act two are we ready to wrap this jacuzzi up Let's yes. Yeah, barbecue a A lot of wrapping. <laughs> Did you have anything else for Act Two, Ali? Nope, we're good. <laughs> All right. It's like a Christo art project to wrap up that jacuzzi. <laughs> sorry. I'll explain Christo to you later. Hope. It's, no, no, uh, sorry. I, I muted myself because I was blowing my nose. It's fine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <clears throat> so Act Three. No, I just can't unsee Darth Buckles. Like I was like, plus, don't, 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 don't
No more. <laughs> oh, no. There will always be more. This reminds me of, like, when people kept saying Niku was a spy. It's like you're trying to take these pure, adorable characters and turn them into death. And I'm like, no. Niku proved that he was, like, you know, he would be like, yeah, I know bounty hunters. And everyone's like, what does that do to you? No, but he was, like, so, like, it would have been such a great reveal because he's just, like, he bludgeons a man to death almost multiple times in an episode. It was had to, Nuku had to cover up his tracks. Now, we all know that Nuku was just an unwilling servant of Darth Buggles. Stop. So, so Darth Buggles is running around an ice planet. Act 3, by the way. Is running around an ice planet, and the Jakus is loose. It's Jalusk. If you will. Oh my God! Don't be so so proud of that. I I I rewrote that so I was like, how do I write this? I was like, I was like, is it Lusk? Jalusk? I rewrote that line multiple times. It's fine. Anyway, so the team splits up. Tora is off to look for her Buggles Overlord, while Kaz gets the cannon ready. And wouldn't you know it, two pirates from earlier who happened to fall from an huge height didn't die upon impact and they survived and it's running their way and Cass is like oh hi guys are you here to help us with the power of friendship and they're like no nah, fuck you and they jump in their planes their planes their ships and they escape out of there and Tori and Kaz are like well fuck we're now stranded on ice surface with a this lord and a jacuzzi oh man and what's worse the jacuzzi is flying around just like Ah, oh, you're in my home! I'm getting, making you leave! And his tail hits the power generator that's supposed to power the cannon. And he's like, that's what you get, you home invaders! So then Darth Buggles is like, I just feel like exercising today. I'm just gonna do it. And he climbs up on a, a really big ice tower. And he gets up there. And Darth Buggles is like, my hubris. I can't get down. My hubris. And the jacuzzi is like, oh, a piece of candy. Like, I, I, I don't know why the jacuzzi is like the tiniest flea. And he's like, I'm going to eat that tiny, tiny flea for plot. So it starts heading for Buggles. And Tora is just like, Kaz, get the cannon ready. It's going to eat my buggly way. Kaz, Kaz. And Kaz is like, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, God. And so I see CB23, who is just the best, right? <coughs> oh, I just screamed. Tora screaming, huh? Mm. Oh, water, thank you. <laughs> Don't scream with as Tora without water, boys and girls. You need to stir your voice. Anyway, um, Cass is like, oh my god, CB23, you're a droid. And CB23 is like, yeah, you're very observant. <laughs> what the hell? Yes, I've always been a droid, Cass. And he's like, you're a rolling battery. CB23 is like, oh, the things I do for you. And she takes up the cord and she plugs herself in. And Kaz takes his shot. And he hits the jacuzzi. And the jacuzzi is like, oh! And he crashes. And the smoke clears. And the jacuzzi is just Anyway. And Buggles is safe. And he lowers himself down. He's like, I've done my part, mother. Take me home. And, and Tora's like, bye, Buggly Wugglies, I love you. And then Kaz says the best line of the entire episode, where he looks at Tora and he goes, 
that jacuzzi got jacuzzi. And Tora does not appreciate fine humor. And she puts him down. And how dare you, Tora? That is a perfect line of dialogue. How dare you? You need to be more educated in humor. Because that was perfect. So they call Best Dad Does and they're like, Dad, can you come pick us up? And he's like, all right, guys, I'm coming. And they head home. And that night, they're having a hopping barbecue. And Aunt is like, who wants corn? <laughs> because that's what Yoda would sell put with the jacuzzi. So they have a barbecue. And everyone's having fun. And Orca looks at his partner and with such love <laughs> in his face. And it's great. Um, and in the middle of this, Sonara best mom ever drags the two pirates over and she's like what do you say to them <laughs> like we're sorry we left you to die on an ice planet we're sorry and Sonara's like good I'm not angry and they're like no mom don't say it don't say it Sonara leans in and goes I'm just disappointed <laughs> and they're both like ow mom I'm sorry and they both slink away, and Tor and Kaz were like, Woo! Okay! Sonara, you're tough. And she just smiles and goes, That's why Tam calls me mom. And she walks off, and they're like, Ooh, girl! Anyway, so Best Dad gets up, and he's just like, Everyone, as we enjoy this meal, I want you to know that I'm sorry I drug you all into a war, but you're stuck with me now, and I promise as your captain, I'm going to protect you, and apparently does just have a couple drinks, because now he's slurring. He's just like, I'm going to protect you guys. It's going to be great, and the light will shine on us again. And as if on cue, remember way back in season one when I was like, Niku is doing a thing? Well, he spent all the, the entire episode setting up a hollow projector to make the market area look like Castellan skyline. And it's not dark, and they're not in space, and everyone looks on in awe, and Kaz is like, Niku, you're great. And Niku's like, I know I am. Thank you for noticing, Kaz. Now I'm going to go eat some food, because now we have food. Food, 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 food. <laughs> the end! <laughs> I do check like out moment... Niku. I know. I do like the moment when the bird just runs into the ceiling. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves it, but the birds on the they're gonna be driven insane and sporting <laughs> concussions. Literally. Like, yeah. All right, Allie. What did you think of Act Three? Okay, I'm gonna kind of go backwards just because I want to start with this. You're I'm allowed. So glad. Yes. <laughs> that they brought back the food, food, food thing. I was so happy. I'm like, yes! Food, food, food. <laughs> yes, I rewatched it today, and I totally forgot they did that. I was like, oh my god, yes! I love it! Thank you! Um, And I, I I really liked this ending, too. Like, like for multiple reasons. Like, yes to Sonora. Like, having the pirates be scolded and, like, apologize. I love that. And then I just, like... It, I love the heartfeltness of, like, again, going back to the whole message of, like, we took the risk, and now people get to stay, and we get to celebrate that, and we get to remind people that there will be hard times, but we can still all come together and fight to, like, maintain our stability, I don't know, stability in quotes, because, like, rougher times ahead, but stability. Um, it sucked for the vegetarians on board. True, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no vegetarians on the Colossus. But... The, the, like, like, like... And, and like seriously, in the Star Wars universe, you have like, uh, 
like well in our unit like with people you have vegetarians who are vegetarians by choice but if you're starving you could eat some meat and live but there's probably herbivores on that on that you know on on the that probably don't have the digestive system to to eat a big slab of meat what about them what about them there's actually a character they introduced in season one where he doesn't have a mouth and so the behind the scenes stuff um they he's a brand new alien species who was introduced in resistance and so they were saying in the behind the scenes stuff that his suit provides sustenance because he doesn't have a mouth so he can't eat and i'm just like i hope that guy's okay Yeah, that's, that sounds kind of like, how does your species uh, get along before suits? <laughs> maybe like, they maybe they are on like some planet where they like float around in a protein broth and stuff and just absorb it through their skin or something. So they have to have a, a broth suit, you know, like something Odo would enjoy the old broth suit. And like, how are the birds alive? Because you're not telling me they spent like precious rations to like feed the birds. Birds like there might be some sort of pest or you know space mouse on there that the birds were eating or something all right all right yeah logic. but those birds do look like they're like fishing birds though they do look yeah. like, they look like like seagulls you yeah, know they're called seagulls actually seagulls <laughs> That's actually their official name is Spiegels. Are you serious? Oh my god. Spiegels. See, all I think of is, like, this is another old person thing, is the Spiegels catalog. Oh, oh. Sort of like Sears. Now I can't. Seagulls. Star Wars. Um, well, no, seagull, not, seagulls not so will eat anything, too. Thing. Seagulls are pretty much like whatever they'll throw down their throat, they'll digest it and eat it. So. That is true. That is a fair point. <laughs> basically, seagulls are trash compactors, basically. So are pigeons. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So where am I looking for? Creature, creatures. Creatures. Going down. Uh, yeah, it's called a Spiegel. S-P-E-A-G-U-L-L. Spiegel. All right. Oh, <laughs> almost like a Smeagol. Oh, a Smeargle in my precious. <laughs> anyway, now we're crossing streams. Allie, what else do you like about Act 3? Um, CB23, bless her. She I saved love- the day. Like, yes. <laughs> were you going to say something? I couldn't tell. No, no I was just saying I love her. I, I, oh, my I, God. I, yeah. <laughs> I just love her sass, and I, yeah. every time... 23 is on the and, and like bb eight's fine but like cp23 just like commands a room and like she chews up any scenery she's in like the moment she walks in like she has a thing to say she's going to be there she's going to like put her hand on her hip and be like are you fucking serious Kaz?" and he's like yes she's like oh, fine i'll save the day and they would not be alive if it wasn't her cb23 honestly there are so many moments where like cb23 comes a clutch so like we love to see it yes so zastromech droids they're the Always the key ingredient. We, we actually had a running joke when we were um, what do, going through Clone Wars, which was R2-D2 really was the MVP of the original trilogy. All of Star, all of Star Wars. He's uh, yeah. the greatest hero of Star Wars because he saved their lives so many times. Like, A New Hope. They would have been smashing the traffic factory <laughs> if not for R2. R2 did the key, did the, made the key step in, in the new Star Wars movies, too. He, they, mm-hmm. he just didn't get that much screen time, but... Yeah, 
R2-D2 is the greatest hero of all of Star Wars. Yep. Fuck you, Luke. Get out of here, Luke Skywalker! It's R2-D2 time! <laughs> yes. Um, Chris, what were some of your notes for Act 3? Well, I had Chekhov's Niku, and here's here's where we here's where we fight, Hope. I had, little, I had a Bring little it. issue. I had a little issue with the uh, cooked jacuz. Well, that so, makes sense because you do work at a barbecue restaurant. Well, I'd say it was sort of like I I think it was like a a bad pun on cooked goose. Goose is cooked jacuz, which uh, <laughs> technically that saying your goose is cooked is not in the Star Wars universe and is not to come into into play until you know, the mid-12th century of Earth life, which is a long, long time in the future. Nerd! So why would that pun make any sense or be mm. even a bad pun or something you would say? Nerd! Why? why? I don't get it. Maybe if they said you're uh, maybe cooked space goose. I don't know. But I had a minor minor quibble with that. I don't, I don't think it was the perfect line that you do hope. Oh, I love that line. Um, That's really all I had. I I just I also love that um, the moment when Kaz is doing the humor, like that photo of like Kaz doing that, like the pointing, and then like Tora looking away. It is such a like meme template for me, and I just love that photo so <laughs> so iconic. I love it. <laughs> I I love how Sonara really is pirate mom in this episode. Like I love the scene where she drags over the like uh, the two pirates, and she's like, "What do you say to them?" And then we yeah. first sorry. <laughs> she's like, and what else? And then we love Jonah Ice Planet to die. And what else? And we saw your ships. <laughs> like she goes full mom energy. Um, I, I wanted to ask you if you remember this when this episode came out, Allie. Um, because I know this came up with John Marie, and I know this came up with I believe Sky Talkers, and I believe mm-hmm. Friends of the Force as well. Do you remember the conversation that the that was happening about killing an innocent animal who was just minding its own business? Yes, yes. Remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah. I actually, we were do. I was recording my three-year podcast anniversary um, episode with Maria the other day, and we were talking about, like, favorite Resistance episodes or something. I brought up this episode, and Maria, again, brought up the fact that that's, like, her one complaint about this episode is coming back to that whole conversation. And I I do remember that, like, being a thing. And then, like, like you noted um, on the Google Doc, you said how, like, that also came up with Mandalorian and um, the Crate Dragon. So, yeah, I definitely remember that being, a, like, a pervasive thing. And it's, like, a big thing. Like, we're, like, it's it's kind of a really, like, chaotic conversation. Because, like, yes, they need to do it to survive. But at the same time, it's valid that people bring up those kind of criticisms. Especially if this is a, like, sensitive subject for them. So, like, I understand that. Well, in I, I Star Wars... Like- I feel it more. Sorry, Chris. I'm gonna cut you off, and then I'll let you answer. I actually feel it more with the crate dragon than I yeah. do with the, like because the jacuzzi was out of necessity. Like it was yeah. people. They they were the rock rock in the hard place. So it was like we need to feed these people, or they're gonna leave with targets on their back. Like there there is no. But like with the crate dragon, I do totally get the conversation he, he because was, he it was really hired was almost like an exterminator with the tr- crate gr- dragon. Yeah. You know, yeah. As as yeah. As, but like in Star Wars, it seemed like. Before, before Rebels, before it, and it started a little in Clone Wars, where they started doing an affinity with animals. Before that, 
Star Wars sort of handled animals like the Wild West. Animals just died. <laughs> animals could, you know, just like even in, in episode one, like when they're in the Coliseum, they're just killing those, you know, you know, they'll just they'll just like, you know, and and it's very old movie style. And but then in like Rebels and especially in Rebels. <laughs> I mean, there's they an really entire started about the working purple. the affinity between like the Jedi and animals and mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. and speaking with animals and kinship with animals and stuff and and it, it showed up a little in the last jedi and that was the whole point of the purgle episode because because hera was like i hate the purgle we're gonna murder them all and blow them out of the sky and ezra and, and Kanan were like whoa hold on like that was the whole point there of are that. gentle yeah. space friends yeah and, yeah and, i even think like in terms of resistance this comes up too with the bebo episode and mm-hmm. that episode kind of really reinforces that idea, too, where it's like, oh, we don't need to kill Bebo's mom because it's reminding us that, oh, this is a family and a connection and she just wants her child back. And mm-hmm. I, I, so I love how Resistance has that prominent there. And like you were saying, I think the circumstances are definitely different in this case because of just how much of a necessity it was for them. Like, I feel like if they had food, they weren't going to, like, go out and hunt the Jakus just because. So, and, and it's like, I... I, I get where some people like where it's harder for them and like I I, I totally understand that and I, that's why I've, when well, I think about this how many past, how many thousands of gorgs have gotten eaten on that yeah trip? yeah yeah like like I'm willing to, to like have those conversations with people but at the same time I'm like okay it's one one jacuzzi I know you know, at least, yeah at least they killed something huge hugely giant that they only had to kill one of you know to feed everybody instead of having to kill like half the half the ocean full of you know five inch across jacuzzis or something like that you know a net full of them or something yeah but you know i mean yeah yeah i I think with mandalorian they they just started getting into where animals just like and, and but that's also may change as as time goes on as yeah, Mandalorian's very sensitive about that. Like, it comes up with the mud horn, it comes up with the crate dragon, and then it comes up with the frogs and the eggs with all that. Like, that Mandalorian mm-hmm. is, like, I think it's the one piece of Star Wars media where I'm definitely like, yeah, that's a conversation we really need to have because that's when they're using it in a different, more harmful kind of way, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, it's that, when at times when it's played for comedy, too. Yeah, um, exactly. That's a whole conversation. Yeah, I enjoy. I and I. Yeah, we we. we I, I I kind of enjoyed that because it, it's it's the old west. They're they're it's it, they're in the gray area most of the time with Mandalorian. They're they're like in the gray area, moving out of it, and uh, or trying to move out of it. You know, that's his character arc of it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just I just remember that was such a because I actually forgot about the Bebo element of that conversation yeah. because they did go really out of their way to humanize this monstrous creature and show like no it's a mother it's a it it loves its baby and uh, compared to the Jakus where they're like well I guess we need to eat so like that was a very prominent conversation when this episode came out and um I, I just wanted to touch on it because I, I remember that going around the podcast circuits. Um, I, I remember John talking about it, too, because she had just really gotten into Star Trek. And she and so she was like, you know, I feel like if this was a different show, they would have found another way around it uh, against yeah. killing an animal. And I remember I, I, 
I Star wish I Trek, could... yeah, they have like food replicators and stuff like that. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could be um, you could be a vegetarian. You you could be you, well you wouldn't be a vegetarian, but you could eat meat ethic without killing anything in Star Trek. You know. Yeah. Uh, she. I, I. I hate that she took down her website because she had actually wrote a really beautiful piece about the jacuz and the handling of it. Um. But she sadly took down her website, so it's not there anymore. And I was like, no, I wanted to reference this in my notes. It was so good. Um. But yeah. Do you guys have anything else about this episode? I only have one other Jakus physics quibble. Oh my gosh. And that is that is there's no way you would have not heard that Jakus hit the ground, but they're just like, Oh look, it's dead on the ground behind No, that thing's the size of a building. <laughs> that should have been gr- like burying them in snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There should have been there should have been a wave of snow and like <laughs> basically like a shockwave on the ground to like and with all the air it dips it's a big giant flap. So like the fact that they like, you know, once the dust cleared and they're like, Oh, there's the jacuzzi right there. It's like, no, you would have known, but that's you know. Yeah, Buggles. Uh, a plot thing, but that. I'm sorry. That's the one time where I'll be like, Buggles, how? Buggles, he's a Sith Lord, Allie. No! <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> you set me up for that. Oh my oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allie, did you have anything else for this episode? I guess going back to what I said in the very beginning, I loved how this episode really touched on that whole. Um, conflict between the citizens and Doza and Kaz and Tora's optimism and willingness to fight through that. And I just, I, I, those are the elements of this season in particular. I just really love so much. And so I really appreciated that this episode really focused on that. And we haven't actually re- even really touched on the politics of the pirates because the whole oh, reason yeah. they're doing it to, is to undermine Doza. Yeah. You know, they want the Colossus, they want it for themselves. And so the whole reason they do it in the first place is that Gregan sees an opportunity to completely undermine Doza and to try and steer his people and take his ship from him. And yeah, yeah. It, didn't, it didn't go very well, though. No. <laughs> when no. he and tried like to sow dissent, it, didn't, it wasn't really working. Whoa, 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 hold on. You get why two people talking. Uh, finish what you were saying, Chris? Even when he tried to sow dissent, you know, among people, nobody was really, like, paying attention to it, you know? It didn't catch on real quick, you know? Yeah, Ellie, so, what were you saying? I like how they maintained that because they could have easily had it be more like, oh, Doza save us and took us in, and we we did come back because like Sonora does have that influence where they did come back in like the season one finale to help them. But like I like how they still ultimately maintained that like yeah, sure we helped you in this instance, but we have this like lifestyle that we're gonna want to like take advantage of the situation if we see the opportunity present. And because that's just the kind of character Kragen is. He He's takes a pirate. advantage of opportunities. So, yeah. <laughs> Pirates got a pirate. Pirates I got. actually kind of like that Aunt Z was going to cut him a deal. He was, she was just like, the aces can't do it. All right, Pirates, I need to run with my business. I'll cut you a deal to save my business. And I was like, oh, Aunt Z, you're even playing it on this a little wow. bit, too. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a business lady, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Allie. Your final thoughts on the episode on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate this? And you're a guest, so you don't you can rate it a twelve if you want to. <laughs> but on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate it and why? Oh gosh. Um 
I'm gonna say I, I it's hard because I feel like I'm very biased with this. Be biased. You're the guest. You can I'm, like, the I'm fuck like such you a big fan of Torah and Buggles and all that. Where I'm like, and I, I, I think it's also it's it's not a court of law. Yeah, <laughs> you and can I be also as biased like as you want to be. Yeah, this is just one of my favorite episodes of the season. So I'm gonna say nine out of ten, just because <laughs> there are some aspects of it as we've discussed where it's more like questionable like mm, maybe they could have like not needed the buggles plot that's a whole debate but i like buggles so there we go um and there's other things with it where it could be more sensitive but like for me i just loved every element of this episode from the humor to the emotion to the way that it just brought in every kind of aspect that i love to see this season and so and then tora i love her so much like i i just She's just one of my favorites, and so I, I just love getting to see a focus on her in this episode. So yeah, nine out of ten for me. <laughs> I gave it an eight point five. I really liked it. It was it was it, it it for season two, which is sort of pushing things through real fast. This was a nice, just sort of normally paced episode. The way they would do a, a you know as if they had some breathing room you know it has it has room for humor and stuff in it so i i just i just enjoyed it a lot you know what after our conversations i'm gonna add a half a point to my score because <gasps> i think i i think oh, i put mine a yes. little bit too low you know because that's kind of the thing like you know i'm have i know what my nines are and i know what my tens are and stuff so i'm like um but anyway I, i'm fuck ever um this is a fun one i think it, it's such a gorgeous episode like yeah talk about like when they get down to the surface yes, yes, level yes. versus what it looks like in the sky and i love dragon's pirate ship um and the, and the design of the snow things i love the drama of the citizens of the classes and the pirates and all the politics i like seeing doza taking accountability kaz and tora are great um my only real gripe is i i i love i do love buggles and i think it's funny i just i just yeah. Yeah. it's the execution of it I totally I'm, not a, that, yeah. I'm not a fan of the execution of it okay. um but i really like this episode so i also i'm gonna give it an 8.5 out of 10 with chris yeah i i really awesome. enjoy this episode yeah i i want to say one more thing particularly about like you brought up the animation again i just want to say i really that's something about season two i particularly love because this show has always had great animation and i love how they took advantage of being able to explore places other than castle on this season like this planet and aos and just like all the different like scenery that we get to see in this season it's the animation is beautiful and i love that mm -hmm. yeah. um well, as uh, we're not going to do any feedback this week because we do have a guest, but as also, I can't talk anymore. Doo -doo. Um, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page, and now on the Two True Freaks website. Um, so feel free to leave some feedback. We'd love to read it on the show. We can't wait to hear it from you guys again, and we'll be back with feedback next week because but we have a lovely guest on who <laughs> we adore. She Aww. is still the reigning champion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if we don't have anything else for Hunt for Seltzer th on Hunt on Seltzer Three, <sighs> talking, it's difficult. Okay. It's fine. Allie, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Allie underscore M underscore Andrews. You can find my podcast, as I said earlier, Nights of Ren with W-R-E-N for Sabine Ren on um, iTunes, Anchor, and a bunch of other platforms. Um, you can follow that podcast on Twitter at Nights of Ren, on Instagram at Nights underscore of Ren. 
Um, and then I have, I basically would say for anything else, I also write articles, make YouTube videos, and do a bunch of other creative stuff, and I do art. So basically all that you can find on my Twitter account. I have a link tree linked in my bio there. So yeah. <laughs> you should also check out her YouTube because uh, we did a video about season two of Amphibia together. Yes. <laughs> and it's on YouTube and we, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so fun, yeah. I can't wait to get together with you for Homemade Chris Watch Cartoons for Owl House season two. Yeah. So you can continue to be the reigning champion. <laughs> yes, I will take this. We need to make her like a little like paper crown, Chris, and I'll, I'll mail it to her. It's just like a paper, like like a Burger King crown. But it's I been, was like, just gonna say we could go to Burger King, get a Burger King crown, and then like tape a rebels, you know. <laughs> like a J guys and Jedi, guys like it, yeah. we'll cut out yeah. the J guys and Jedi logo and like put it on there, and like oh and Sharpie put reigning champion. We'll just write space. We'll just write space before Burger King on it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say thank you both so much. It is so fun every time I come on with you guys, and I, I, it's like it's just so fun. You guys are so fun, and I love it so much. So thank you so much. We, we love having like, you on, but I gotta apologize for Yoda. That's just yeah, yeah. I forgot that you could never Sorry. experience Yoda. It's fine. How that happen? He's old and senile and stuff. No, but like we we like seriously, like you're one of my favorite people in the entire oh. world, and I love you so much. And I love whenever you're on, and I love talking with you, and I love and like you know that's why I like being on your show. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I'm just always so proud of what you're doing. Like I. I I was sitting at lunch or at dinner tonight and telling my roommate, I was like, I'm about to talk to Allie. And like, I'm so excited. Like she reminds me so much of me when I was her age in college and podcasting. Like, I love this girl so much and I'm so proud of her. And like, you're, I, I, I talked to my roommate about you because I was just so excited to be talking to you tonight. You don't know just how much that means to me. And honestly, like if people do check out my content, you can really thank Hope for that because she's just been such a motivator and inspiration to me. And I, I just, you're so great, Hope, I love you. I love you so much too, oh my God. We love you too, Chris, you're here too. Yeah, oh, <laughs> thanks guys, thanks. <laughs> no, no, uh, I love you so much, so. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com and Hope in J Guys and Jedi. That's where our podcast that you're listening to right now is, and you found what? it somehow. Whoa! What? Weird. Whoa! You're listening to our J Guys and Jedi? This was a comics Chris Watch cartoons? Fuck. Sorry, go on, Chris. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> go on, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> that's gonna be awkward in the editing room. Um, and that's our that's our website, as you can tell by the dot com at the end of it, and we keep all our podcasts there. You can also go to Facebook if you want to see what we're up to and go to the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post up all our shows as they come on. And we also have the Two True Freaks cantina where you can hang out. And I suppose if you want to do that tweeter thing and go tweet around tweeter like a little little tweet tweet, you can do that and look for Two True Freaks and find it there. And you'll also find... Gene Gene, the tweeter machine. I'm sorry. My roommate is outside my window with a flashlight and scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> hey, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> if you if you yell loudly, you might can be picked up on my podcast. Can you hear her, guys? <laughs> I just want to say I love you. You scared the shit out of me. They're looking for the cats outside and she... <laughs> She just walked by with a flashlight. Anyway, do 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 do, do Jane. <laughs> yep. 
that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find us. Cowering in the room with flashlights coming in the window. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. No, the kitties are still outside, so they're just looking for kitties. Um, you can find us at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. That's our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Monix. I write reviews and everything over at GeekyGirlExperience.com. And Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. Allie is still the current rating champion of that show as well. Yep. And uh, we have just we're where are we in this episode? We're about to wrap up Gravity Falls, and Chris is watching Avatar for the, the Last Airbender for the first time. Yep. And so uh, we I are like now, it. we're getting into that. We're about four episodes into that. So um, we're about to get caught up in, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm kind of, now I'm kind of like, like, I haven't looked anything, and, I, and I'm also going to request not to fill me in on it. But now I'm really interested in the legend of Korra. Because it seems to take place after a time jump, and everybody who's like, you're watching Avatar? Now are you going to watch Korra? Are you watching Korra afterwards? <laughs> yes, we are. We don't know when. We don't know when. We're going yeah. to. We don't know how. We don't know when. We're going to. Are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it? So now I'm... Korra's the avatar after Aang, so like she's the immediate avatar after Aang, so that's what that is. There's actually books about Kiyoshi. Um, we, we actually just did the Kiyoshi Warrior episode, um, where we meet Suki and everything. Um, and so there are actually three books out now about Kiyoshi and her time as the avatar as well. So like, um, and there's comics, there's so many avatar comics, I'm so far I was behind. gonna say, did they ever make am- av- avatar comics? And if they did, did they, did they do them like, sort of like Japanese they- style? They came out in um, book form. They weren't single issues. They're not floppies. Um, so right, right. they would come out into three parts, but and but all of them take place after the show. They kind of fill in the time period of like what happened to everybody afterwards mm-hmm. and lay a lot of the groundwork for Korra. Though you don't need them to watch Korra. Korra completely stands on its own, but it, it's just kind of like... How does this, like, how do certain cities get formed, and how do the politics happen, and blah, blah, blah. So, that's what that is. Um, anyway, yeah, check us out over at Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. Alright, well, thank you so much for being on the show, Allie. We love you so much. Oh my god. <laughs> thank you. Your cold feels better. Me too. <laughs> and I guess... I'm trying to, sorry, I was very quickly trying to bring up what next week's episode is. We're going to go back to Wikipedia. I really, oh, next week is the engineer. I'm really like, I wanted to see if I could get like you and Maria back next week, but my schedule is not going to work out. I'm sorry. But I'm so excited about the engineer next week because it's Nika's love interest. Yes. Voiced by Josh Brenner's real life wife. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I know, that's so sweet. That episode is so fun. I love talking about that one on my podcast. Yes. I just love that episode so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys come back next week. Bye. Bye. Say bye, Allie. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. 
you can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Tally home.